Welcome to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Hey everyone and welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio program. We're so glad you're here to join us on a Saturday. You know, summertime in the South. Oh yes. Yeah. As I call as I also call it air conditioning weather. Yeah. You know, I'm telling you, I've lived here my whole life, and yeah. the biggest complaint that I have mm-hmm. is the stinking humidity. I know. You know, the hot, I can deal with the hot, but mm-hmm. the hot when you walk outside, just boom, you start sweating. Aww. Hits you in the doggone face. <laughs> yes, right it does. in the Right in the foundation. Right? <laughs> right in the powder, and it all starts sliding off. You know, I, I often say, and I've said it before, you've probably heard me say this before, it's not the heat, it's the knowledge of cool. So if there had never valid point. Right? If there had never been air conditioning, then you would have nothing to compare it to. <laughs> but when I'm in the heat, I just keep thinking, I can't wait to get back in the air conditioning. <laughs> and that I did not really get that southern woman gene, that appreciation for the heat. Uh, I like a little bit, but a little not not a little too much, <laughs> shall we say. Well, folks, we are so glad that you're here joining us on the Southern Sisters Radio program, the show for southern women and the men who adore them. Us. Yes. Us. Right. Uh, absolutely. Yes. And I have a guest in the studio with me today, Michelle Goodman, who is just an adorable Southern woman. Say hello, Michelle. Hello. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me. I'm glad that Michelle is here today, y'all. I really am. She's going to be talking to us later in the show today um, about her property, Oakton, which is a gorgeous historic mansion just off the Marriott, very close to the Marietta Square. And boy, does she have some stories to share with us today. You, I mean, ghost stories. And this gorgeous property is actually on the market. So, yes, it could all be yours. Uh, So we have that to look forward to. But in the meantime, uh, Michelle is also in another sort of incarnation of her life and her career. She's also a wedding planner. And so you are a real voice of wisdom when it comes to what we're going to be talking about today in the first segment, which is tacky wedding trends that you may not agree with. Mm. All right. Fess up, Michelle. Have you ever been to a tacky wedding? I, I unfortunately have, yes. You don't have to name names. It's okay. No, no I won't. I won't. We, we've, <laughs> all, we've all been there. They're, yes. they're, they're also also known as the uh, bless her heart wedding. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's how we talk about it here in the South. So, so let me ask, though. Yeah. Is there one specific tacky thing that stands out for something that you had gone to, Jenny? Mm-hmm. Is there one specific one that you're just like, oh, that was so bad? Yeah. You know what you're talking about from a, from a, a decorating point or, or, or a thing? Or, Probably, I mean, events you can't really control necessarily the right. people that attend your okay. wedding, so I, that I, might be different. I, but. I'll tell you right now, one of my one of my big turnoffs is an overabundance of bows. Does that uh, make sense? Yes. If there are too many bows, yes, bows in the hair, bows, too many bows in the flowers, too many bows on the, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not, a, I'm not really a bow girl. In fact, I don't really even put bows on my my holiday a lot of my holiday decorations. I, I'll use berries and things. There I don't know. Go. That's the just me, just though. Seems, what about you, Michelle? What, what's probably the tackiest thing you remember? Unless you don't want to say it because that one friend yeah. will be like, hey, that was She's my way. She's talking about me. <laughs> well, I, ha- I have a pet peeve with um, uh, photographers, and I was at a wedding recently that was just gorgeous, and the one of the photographers actually used the bridesmaid's shoulder to prop up his lens Ooh. while the ceremony hmm. was going on. And I thought, you know, that's just Come not on. right. It's a little invasion that's of personal right. space, don't <laughs> you is. think? Oh, my gosh, oh. yes. It was terrible. That is, that is, that's tacky. I that call that tacky. Yeah, yeah. Tacky. I'd say that's tacky. <laughs> <laughs> well, believe it or not, Southern Living has an opinion on this. Ah, as they do on many things. And for those of you that know me and have listened to the show, you know that I love Southern Living. Um, every now and then, though, I may have a 
little something to say about their opinions. And, and, it, and, and not that often, but every now and then I may say, hmm, I'm not so sure about that. They recently came out with a list of tacky wedding trends. Okay, so these are things that you may want to think about before doing, and you may want to nix them, right, or avoid them. So, Michelle, I would love to get your perspective on some of these. Tell okay, me what I'd you be think. Happy to. Okay, uh, their number one tacky wedding trend was when there is gift registry information anywhere near the invitation. Meaning, so what they are saying is including registry information anywhere within, outside, in between the layers of, or attached to the invitation or the save the date is just unacceptable. Those are their words. It doesn't matter how bad she wants that crock pot. That's what they're saying. Okay. And at first I thought, yeah, you're right. But then I started thinking, is there a way to include, because the registry is there for a reason. Right. Correct. So if you are not communicating with your guests in some way about where they can find your registries, you know, how are they going to know? I agree with you. I right. really agree with you because I think as long as it's not printed on the actual invitation itself, I think it can be included within the envelope with all the other information that you need for the wedding. Well, we agree on that. I have yes. to tell you. And, yes. and, I, and I know a little bit of which I'm speaking because, and, and Nick knows this as well, um, I planned four weddings in 18 months. Oh my gosh. Last year. Oh my gosh. Um, so so uh, my oldest daughter got married. It was a big southern wedding. Uh, then I got married. It was a smaller southern wedding. But as you may know, even the small ones oh, are, take a lot of planning. They really right? do, yes. <laughs> then my stepson got married. So of course there we were really in charge of the uh, being father of the, uh, my husband's the father of the groom. We were in charge of the rehearsal and right, the rehearsal dinner. Right. Um, so that was a little less planning, but nonetheless, you know, a lot of work. And then, Stressful. And then my second daughter uh, got married uh, last year and, oh in September, gosh. and it was also a very big Southern wedding. So I do, uh, and I've been the recipient of many wedding invitations, I appreciate knowing where I can find a gift. I do, too. And I, 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 I agree too. with you. I think there's a tasteful way to put that maybe on, not on the invitation itself, of course, but we actually included it on the same card that had the, the map on one side and just some pertinent information on the other side, including the wedding website. That's right? a perfect spot for it. I okay. think so. I agree. Okay, that so, is a so, perfect spot. So we agree, and Southern Living is wrong on that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number two tacky wedding trend is a guest who tries to outdress the bride. Now, according to Southern Living, this should not be done. Walking up to the church in sequins, neon of any variety, (laughs) two high heels or a too short skirt, (laughs) gasp, right? A cutout dress or something like that is a no-no, right? So they're they're saying take a lesson from uh, Duchess Kate. I right. agree wholeheartedly. You would, yes. right? Oh, sure. Okay. I, I think that we agree with number two. Yes, we yeah. agree. You're not going to your wedding. You're going to someone else's right? wedding. They're supposed to be the center of attention, right? right. I agree. And yeah. I think it even goes beyond the whole old rule of not wearing white or even off-white to a wedding. It also goes, it, to, to spe- it kind of speaks to just don't do anything that's going to sort of take the attention off the bride. Agreed. Right? Yes. She's waited for this her whole life. Right. right. Okay. Yes. Now, how about this? What do you think, number three, uh, Southern Living's tacky wedding trend? Serving guests beer in cans. Uh, I, you know... I'm a recycler, and uh, I just think it's a lot of unnecessary uh, recycling material. Okay, so in your so what would be a better alternative would be to do it on draft and pour it into cups. Yes, I, it, I kind yes. of I kind of 
kind of agree with that. Mm-hmm. I've been to weddings where they did both, you know. And I think it also depends if you're at an, an, an outdoor wedding and your wedding setting is at a barn or someplace like right. that, then I think beer in a can is fine. But if you're at the country club or, you know, exactly. if, it, if it's a more formal, I think no beer in cans. I no. agree. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, no, and, and with the trends these days being sort of the rustic, sort of shabby chic weddings, actually, I think a can would probably be okay. But right. you probably wouldn't pull it out of the country club. No. Okay. Well, it also depends. Are we talking a can of some kind of, you know, maybe a craft beer or something? Or are you talking a can of Keystone Light? Because uh, uh, right. Uh, right. certain ones better, would pass. Well, it has a fancy label. Right. So Let's do bottle beer. Let's do some craft right. bottle beer. And I, I think like, that's fine. Or like you said, go a step up for your guests. Get a little keg and pour it out of draft. There you right. go. There you go. The guests will appreciate it, I agree. It too. Okay. <laughs> so let's say with number three, uh, serving guests beer in cans, we kind of agree with qualification. Yes. Okay. Sounds good. Number four, tacky wedding trend, according to Southern Living. I love how we're judging Southern Living. Yes. Um, women ditching their heels to cut a rug on the dance floor. So basically, obviously, we're referring to women taking off their shoes during dance time. I do have an opinion about this. You, do you want to hear it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait. I don't see anything wrong with this. I have thrown four weddings in a year and a half, and I am telling you, the millennials, the younger Folks, at least in our family, they dance their feet off. Oh, yes. Dancing is a big part of it. I mean, in fact, I, I would watch them and just laugh and have, to me, the dancing was one of the most fun parts about the event. There is no way that these girls could have had as much fun and enjoyed themselves the way they did dancing um, if they had With been in four-inch heels. heels. I agree. Um, so I totally disagree on that one. Now, mm-hmm. it once again, let's qualify it a little. I suppose it matters <laughs> where you are. Uh, both of my both of my daughters were um, sort of outdoor, slightly more rustic venues. Um, so maybe that made a difference. I don't. I, I don't, don't think there's anything wrong with losing your shoes. I really don't. And yeah. I think this maybe it was written by a man who has a problem with that. Yeah. But most women I know, yeah, you know, three or four hours yeah. in those beautiful right? Go heels. Go tell them, Michelle. Exactly. Go tell them. Exactly. I don't mean to offend any men, but I nope. don't think too many men are listening to go back and um, find well, out who fool- wrote this. Well, he's a foolish man because I say kick off the heels and let's get jiggy with That's it. Right. I totally right. agree. Right. Let's do it. I totally agree. Sometimes they time. won't. Sometimes they see. Sometimes with this, they won't tell you the person's name. Uh, what do you bet? There's a reason why. What do you bet? They don't want the backlash. I know, right? <laughs> Here's my opinion on that. I think more of us should kick off our shoes. Yeah. Right? There's a whole excerpt in my second cookbook, uh, a quote from a woman that I met in Mississippi, and she talks about her memories of childhood. And one of the happiest things that she remembered about her childhood was running barefoot through the grass. You know, I think we're all a little too restrained. And I think it's it's there are ways to still be dignified and be a Southern woman, but let your hair down just a little bit. Uh, you no, know? definitely. Definitely. Okay. So mm-hmm. we disagree with number four. <laughs> How about number five? Tacky wedding trend, according to them, is a guest list that includes half the South. So, so this would be, uh, shall we say, uh, what's a nice way to put this? An overly invited wedding. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Definitely. So is it, but is that necessarily tacky? I don't know. What what they say is, um, if the bride doesn't have time to at least quickly acknowledge the presence of her guests, then it's too big. I I would agree with that. I would I would agree with that, but um, I would go one step further and say. Don't have every single friend you've ever had be your bridesmaids. Oh, yeah. 
I've I've coordinated weddings where there have been 13 bridesmaids oh. up there, and it is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, yes. No, listen. And, you know, being the mother of, of uh, 20-something, three 20-something daughters who have all been in weddings, I can tell you, between the dress and all the other obligations, you're talking to anywhere anywhere from two to $500 a pop. Oh, yes. For the out-of-pocket bridesmaids expenses. Exactly. Depending on the dress. I know. And, of course, they always say, oh, but you can wear the dress again. And you can't. Nobody's going to wear Or you don't. Nobody's going to wear that. No. no. I mean, you could mm-hmm. No. Uh, it, that's just that's just a lie we tell ourselves. Well, I think, uh, all right, I give I give uh, Seven Living a C on that one. Because I yes. think we disagreed with more than we are. But I think the important thing to remember here, guys, is it's your wedding. You set the rules. You know, you know your guests. If you're comfortable with it, they probably will be too. Right? With the exception of overshow, overshining the bride. Don't do that. Yeah, regardless. <laughs> that's a no-no. Well, guys, we will be right back with some great summer recipes. We are showcasing basil from the garden today. So we've got a pesto episode coming up that you can't miss. Turn off the telly, Nelly. Come to the table, Mabel. Now sit up straight, Kate. It's time to eat, Pete. Have a banana, Hannah. Try the salami, Tommy. Get with the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. And Try welcome to back to the Southern Rico. Sisters Radio Show. Oh, I just love that song. Makes me hungry oh, every, every time, time I hear it, That's right? Only, my only complaint about this mm-hmm. segment is that I always am hungry for the rest of the show. Right. And we typically <laughs> record around noon, so by the time we're done, we're starving. It's lunchtime. It's lunchtime. I need to eat. But I am in the studio now with a uh, with a sweet friend and fellow Southern sister, Kim Foley. Yes, and we are going to talk some summer food. Oh, yeah, summer food. Like we, uh, you know, it's either fall food or uh, or it's winter food or it's spring food around here, but it's food. It is food. And the summertime is one of my favorite times because I know, Kim, you're probably a little bit like me. You just love good, fresh southern food. Oh, there is nothing better. Mm-hmm. I always look forward to the tomatoes this time of year mm-hmm. and what you can do with those and all your fresh herbs and fruits and Everything tastes better in the summer. I know, right? And I didn't really, I joke about this sometimes on the show, that I didn't really inherit a green thumb. I got a little bit of a, like, dark brown thumb. It's not. (laughs) not Me too. (laughs) But I'm getting better. And my sweet husband, Earl, has been very patient to help me set up a garden. And we're finally starting to get some tomatoes. And there's nothing nothing better than pulling a fresh tomato out of the garden. Um, But next to tomatoes, probably my next favorite herb, or at least herb in the garden, would would be basil. That's actually my number one favorite. That is your number Basil. one. Basil, yes. Well, I've got a lot of it in my garden right now. And there is, in my opinion, uh, basil is one of the most versatile, most frequently used herbs out of the garden. I use mm-hmm. it probably 10 to 1 over all the other herbs in my garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately, I've got a couple of big fat bushes that are giving off a lot of lot of basil. Folks, though, you know, you can pick this up at the at the farmer's market. You can pick it up at um, you can pick it up at the grocery store. Y- you know what I actually recommend? Um, rather than just buying it already cut, even at the grocery store in the produce department, you can sometimes buy the little basil plant. You know, with the roots and all, just stick it in the garden, stick it in the ground out back. Even if you don't think that you're uh, a gardener or you don't have a green thumb, it doesn't require a lot of maintenance, and it will just give and give and give all summer long. Mm-hmm. So you know, you could even put it in a flower box. Out on your back porch. Sure could. A pot.
pot on the on mm-hmm. the deck or something oh, like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you can just pull from it over and over, over again. Over and over. And I go out back all the time and take clippings from it. And it is the best smell. Isn't that the greatest smell? There's nothing nothing quite like it. Mm-hmm. You know how I've really been enjoying it lately, in addition to just fresh and chopped up over tomatoes, um, has been in pesto. Which is one of my favorite ways Ooh, to dress. Well, let me hear about okay, it. let's talk, let's about, some talk pesto, about some pesto, guys. Now, I whipped this up last week, and let me tell you, I did three different things with it in a, in a span of about forty eight hours, and uh, it passed the Earl test. My hubby <laughs> Earl. Well, then we know it's good. He so gives me a it. thumbs up or a thumbs down. No, actually, if he gives me a thumbs down, he gets smacked. He knows that. <laughs> but he always he, gives you the thumbs up or just looks at you, right? <laughs> well, you know, or okay. more more or less, it might be just he. He's a little quiet about it. I'm like, what's wrong? You don't like it? But let me tell you, the, I hit the ball out of the park three times with my pesto this past week. Let's talk first of all about what pesto is. It is a yummy, wonderful, green, obviously, from the basil, uh, cheesy, oily sauce that is just phenomenal on pasta, sandwiches, on bruschetta. You can use it in so many different ways as a spread. Here's how you make some pesto. You don't, it's not rocket science, folks. Uh, You're going to need about two cups of fresh basil. Remove the stems and, of course, make sure you've washed and dried them. I do my pesto in a food processor. I think that's best. You can also use a blender, however, all right? Now, what you're going to do is you're going to take your two cups of fresh basil leaves and put those down in the bottom of your food processor. You're going to add about two tablespoons of pine nuts. Now, if you don't have, not everybody keeps pine nuts around the house. Uh, walnuts are a good substitution. That's actually what I used last week when I made this pesto. Pecans. We're in the South. Pecans. Mm -hmm. You could absolutely use pecans. Um, And then what you're going to do is you're going to add two cloves of garlic, and you're going to process everything until it's nicely minced. You may have to stop at some point and kind of push that back down the sides and keep it going. Now, with the machine running, you're going to begin drizzling in about a half a cup of good quality olive oil. All right. I use, um, I believe it or not, a Georgia grown uh, olive oil, which is out of this world. You may need a little bit more. Okay, so I'm saying about a half of a cup, but I actually used a little bit more than that. You want it nice and smooth. Continue to let it mix. Right. Then you're going to add about a half a cup. And I say about because you know what? Sometimes I throw a little extra in there. You're going to throw in about a half a cup of grated Parmesan cheese or pecorino and process it just long enough for it to all come together. You can store your pesto in the fridge until it's ready to use or it can be frozen for up to about four months. You can you can put it into little Ziploc bags and toss it in the freezer and it's perfectly good. Right now, what I did with the pesto this week, what it, it was it was out of this world. It is an appetizer and um, I actually made it in the kitchen and then I, I always like to sample it before I give it to anybody in the family. Of course we do. Right? Because you got to make sure. Then we know. Then we know. Uh, right? Then we know. Let's just say I high-fived myself. <laughs> no, no, I am not kidding. It was like, you know when those, uh, uh, like uh, uh, in football, when a football player scores a touchdown and he does all the high, you know, in the, in the end zone, the dance? I was literally doing that around my, it was so good. It was so good. What I did was I took a loaf of uh, French bread and I sliced it into little baguette slices, right? And I toasted it in the oven at about 400 degrees. If you want to brush it with a little olive oil first, you can. You don't have to. Just until it's nice and crispy. Set that aside. What I did with the, with the, to make this bruschetta is I slathered a little bit of um, fresh uh, ricotta cheese. Ooh. All right. So imagine your little your little bruschetta, your little uh, bread there. I slathered a little ricotta cheese on it. Then I put a nice, generous spoonful of this fresh basil 
and then I topped it with some roasted tomatoes. Okay. Seriously, this was out of this world. That Make sounds it, amazing. Yeah, this is beyond a high five. I would be doing <laughs> the happy dance. It was well, see that the ha- right. You would have been if you'd been there with me. We could have done the happy da- happy dance together. It was so wonderful. And I have to tell you, it was everything that I love about summer. You had the crunchiness of the baguette. You had that smooth creaminess of that fresh ricotta cheese, and then I can't say enough about the pesto. Just that cheesy fresh, basily, gardeny, summery flavor. And then really the, the, the crown and glory on it was the roasted tomatoes. And folks, this is so wonderful for sandwiches too. To do the roasted tomatoes, all I do is I buy a, uh, a little carton of grape tomatoes, heirloom cherry tomatoes, whatever you want, the small ones, right? I toss them in a little olive oil. I roast them in the oven at 400, 400 degrees for about, I mean, check on them. I check them after about 10 or 12 minutes and sometimes I let them go a little longer. I actually don't mind it if they get a little charred. You know, a little dark. Oh, that. Right? Perfect. Right? It does something. It does something to the flavor. To the flavor. It just brings it out a little bit more. Right. It sweetens it up. It just, it, the depth. And so then I take them out. I kind of I kind of mash them a little bit, just kind of break them up a little bit, and then just spoon that over mm. the top of the pesto for the oh bruschetta. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm Amazing. Now. Oh, guys. Listen, think about incorporating more basil into your diet this summer. If you want this recipe for the pesto and for the bruschetta, all you got to do is go to our website, southernsistershome.com. Click on the blog. And, of course, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at radio at southernsistershome.com. And we'll be right back. Dora. Man, Drake. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio show. I do love me some Harry Connick Jr. Ah, yes. Oh, that's stomping (laughs) at the Savoy, right? It's always nice and calming. Yeah, isn't it? I know. I play this when I'm cooking at the house a lot. Oh, that's perfect. Jazz is very conducive to creativity. In Very the kitchen. <laughs> that the, it's either the jazz or the wine I'm drinking while I'm creating. Nice combination of both. <laughs> it is. Very perfect <laughs> serendipity. <laughs> well, guys, welcome back to the show. And I am so honored today to have a guest in the studio with us today. We have Michelle Goodman, who is the queen of Oakton. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Jenny. <laughs> we're so glad you were here today to come and talk to us about, uh, well, something really actually quite fabulous. Here on the show, we, we do talk a lot about Southern culture, Southern life, Southern history, right? And uh, I think you might know a little bit about that because the Queen of Oakton, people might be saying, what exactly is that? What, what <laughs> does she mean by that? And you are, the, um, you are the owner, I guess I should say, of Oakton which is a beautiful historic mansion outside of Marietta, Georgia, on Kennesaw Avenue. What is the exact address? It's 581 Kennesaw Avenue, and it's actually in the Marietta Historic District. So we are the city of Marietta. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You know, the older I get, the more, even the more proud I get to be from Marietta. Because I think when you're younger, maybe you don't always appreciate the cultural right. impact that your town has had. but um, Oh, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful place to live, and especially coming off of 4th of July, which is such a small-town community, but 
Mm-hmm. It's got all the bells and whistles of a bigger mm-hmm. city, but you know all your neighbors, and, and it's a really wonderful community to be a part of. Wow. Well, I know that any of our listeners within my earshot that have driven around Marietta at some time or another probably tooled down uh, Kennesaw Avenue and have probably seen Oakton. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous historic home. Uh, but I'm learning more about it myself. You, I learned recently, is it one of the oldest residences? It's the oldest continuously lived in residence in Marietta, built in 1838. Wow. And it originally had uh, 325 acres that went all the way to the base of Kennesaw Mountain. And it was actually headquarters for the South during the Battle of Kennesaw Mountain under General Loring. So there's there's a lot of history with it, other than that. just being a residence. Right. What are some of the, because um, I love historic homes. We've talked on the show many times about some of our travel segments. Uh, we've done a couple on Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite places. Um, and so just the concept of historic architecture, uh, historic homes, and, and the stories behind them. Anything particularly special about Oakton that you'd like to share? Well, Oakton, um, as you stand on the front porch, you get a a feeling for the scale of the house. Really, from the street, it's set so far back that um, you you don't get a sense for how big the house actually is. Mm -hmm. And once you're standing there with the big, beefy uh, columns that were added after the Civil War, uh, that's really when the house transformed the most. The family that owned the house... Um, they were English, and they were in the shipping business. They were from Savannah, and they used Oakton as their summer home to mm-hmm. escape the heat and um, humidity and bugs of Savannah summers. And um, they would take the train directly into Marietta, into the square, and uh, they would stay at the house all summer long. Uh, the Marietta Daily Journal would write uh, stories about the parties they would have and the visitors that would come to Oakton. And um, it it was never built to be an elegant home. It was built to be a mountain home. I see. I see. Do you ever walk around the house and, and just sort of wonder about just, you know, the parties that must have taken oh, place yes, there? absolutely. You know, the friendships that were forged. Um, yes. You know, the scuttlebutt, the gossip, that kind of thing. Right. Well, as a matter of fact, when I was renovating the upstairs of the house, Um, and I was taking off all the old drapes and pull-down shades and things like that, I found um, scratched into the window uh, the letters J-N, and it was in script, so it was like a woman did it. And then I got to the second window, and I took all the things off, and I found the same J-N scratched into another bit of glass. And then I got to the third one, and it was... It was in the glass again, and I started wondering, why would somebody put um, scratch their initials into glass? And then I thought, well, every woman knows that you see if your diamond is real because oh. it will cut glass. And I thought, well, whoever this JN is, and I've never found out who she is, but I, I deduce that maybe she just got engaged. And maybe her cousin or her friend was saying, well, let's see if it's a real diamond. And she was maybe practicing her new married oh, initials. Yeah, you know that's what you she was doing. She, if was she was doing. a Southern woman. Oh, yeah. She was checking that diamond. She was. Oh, she my was. word. How about that? So there are little quirky things like that that right. over the years we found that uh, are just, and not too long ago, maybe over a year ago, I was 
telling my husband to clean out the whole coat closet, um, you know, to make it look roomier for, for, and, and he, he went in there and he came out with a, a Confederate saber. No way. That nobody knew was there. And it's in the oldest part of the house. So I think it's been there since the Civil War. That is fascinating. Either that or a ghost put it there. It could be. We don't know for sure, do could we? Be. No, <laughs> we don't. Now, you know, you might have alluded earlier that there uh, there might even be some, some other inhabitants of the house uh, of, there, the, uh, yes. of the ghost variety. Yes. Which, of course, yes, is, yes. is absolutely fascinating to me. And in my opinion, only improves the value of the home. Absolutely. <laughs> Assuming well, they're friendly. They are very friendly. Um, <laughs> We have identified two. There's a man and a woman. Uh, the woman, we think, is Mrs. Wilder, who was the um, owner of the house previously, and she lived in the house until she died. And um, she uh, was a very elegant, fancy woman, and I've had things go missing that are sparkly or, uh, you know, that have a lot of significance. I've had fancy shoes go missing. And she always returns them. Um, she always returns them. Maybe it'll be a week. Maybe it'll be a month. Mm. And it's been as, as much as a year. But mm. I'll always get it back. And it will always be placed in the most obvious place really and it's always a place that i've looked a thousand uh -huh. times because and there it is all and of there a sudden. it is mm -hmm. and so she likes to dress up we know that about her she does well you yes. have to ask yourself if you if you had lived in that home would you want to leave no I mean <laughs> no not at all and she loved the home and so mm -hmm. i feel comforted knowing that she's one of our ghosts i've never seen her i've i've never seen her and i've been alone in the house uh, over the last 15 years so often right but um she's there she's, she's there she's, she's there like, and then you said a, a a gentleman ghost also a gentleman ghost and we've identified him as my husband's grandfather who bought the house from the wilder family in 1938 when the house was 100 years old wow. and um he loved that house more than anything and so he's there and i feel very comforted about that um, actually, my sister-in-law, she's the only one that's heard him, and she woke up one morning in the guest bedroom, and she's blind as a bat without her contacts, so en route to the bathroom to put her contacts in, she heard a male voice say, good morning, just very chipper, and, really? she, and she turned where the voice was coming from, and she could see a figure, but she's blind, and um, so she just said good morning back, and then she heard the front door close, and so she went on, put her contacts in, and then mm -hmm. said, well, I bet that was my dad. I'm going to go right. see if he's on the front porch. And the door was locked from the inside. No way. Yes. Yeah. And then she found her dad in the kitchen reading the paper and said, Daddy, did you just say good morning to me in the front? And right. he said, no, I've been here for 45 minutes reading oh, the paper. Oh, my word. So... So they're they're good and friendly. They're good and friendly. They're an asset yeah, to the house, shall we, shall we say. Oh, yes. well, you know, I think every good historic home needs a ghost. And they all have They're them. all over Charleston and Savannah. Oh, yeah. So why shouldn't Marietta have some also, Exactly. in yes. my opinion? Yes. Well, you know, one of the more interesting things about this house is that it is it also happens to be on the market. Yes, it does. And I got to tell you, who wouldn't love to own a gorgeous historic, maybe quasi-haunted in a good way, right. home right. like Oakton? Well, so many people are afraid of older homes. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. They're built so well. Mm -hmm. uh, they're so structurally sound. They don't build them like that anymore. That's, it's the truth. To, I think to recreate that house with today's um, building standards, 
it would be in the tens of millions of dollars. You could not recreate the way it is. And we're also fortunate enough to have all our outbuildings, like the well and the milk house and the smokehouse. Well, Michelle, tell me a little bit more about these these outbuildings, the ones that are, uh, I guess, surrounding, and the gardens. I definitely wanted you to tell me a little bit about these amazing gardens. Well, the gardens themselves are actually as historic as the home Mm -hmm. and have been featured in um, several books and publications. One being the Garden Clubs of Georgia in um, the 1930s, they went around to all these historic gardens and they documented them. They documented everything that they could about it. And 50 years later, they came out and found that it's something like over 70 percent of them are now parking lots and drive through restaurants and things like that. So ours, fortunately, is Mm -hmm. still intact and it's still it was laid out in the 1870s by a scottish landscape designer who the wilder family brought over to help them with the grounds and he created um six kitchen gardens with uh english boxwood that are still there and the boxwoods we let grow so tall that it's like you're in six private rooms. Really? When you're in those gardens, it feels like you're in Italy or you can be in south of France or, and, and we have recreated the interiors. We don't need six kitchen gardens anymore. So um, we've added a pool and a pool house in one of the six gardens. Uh, Two are vegetable gardens already established and two are apple orchards. Oh, well, you know, you actually, uh, for those of you listeners uh, that can't see, um, but those of us on Facebook can, um, she brought me these beautiful apples this morning as a gift. You know, Southern Sisters love it when you bring, especially if it's something I can eat. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know. But look at these, and tell me a little bit about these beautiful apples from Oakton that you brought me this morning. Well, we, we've tried to choose apple trees that are, um, heirloom apples. Right. So we grow all the old varieties that don't need a lot of spraying, don't need a lot of tending. They just produce. And um, they're mostly in the crabapple family, but our apples start coming in in June, and then they end in um, November. Mm. And uh, we have an old apple press, so my husband makes cider all the time. I make applesauce once a week. I mean, when the apples are in... We used to have three children living at home. Right. So back in the day, know, I remember. I, day. I remember those days. But nowadays, it's just my husband and I. So mm-hmm. it's like we have twenty-six apple trees. Oh, I believe word. you're giving and away a lot of applesauce. I guess a lot of apples, a lot of applesauce. Now, someone told me you do some some garden sales also at the property. We do in the spring and in the fall. We have a plant sale. A second, I think, a second Wednesday in April and second Wednesday in October. Right. And uh, we have quite a following because mm-hmm. people. People can walk around the gardens. They can see what the mature plants they're buying look like. And um, it's a lot of fun, too. It's Absolutely. Just, Amazing. Oakton's always been a great draw for right. the community. They yeah. want to see what's going on. Yeah. You know? Is it exciting for you to think that, that, that it, well, one day you'll be, you'll be turning over your ownership? Obviously, the Abs- house is yes. on the market. Yes. So it seems to me um, that the new owners, certainly someone who might be interested in this house, it's not just the beauty of the house and the history that they're uh, uh, would be inheriting, but it would be really a lifestyle. Oh, uh, I mean, yes. someone who loves gardening, mm-hmm. someone who appreciates the history. Yes. Um, when I think of the even the events that you could have at such a such a property, we have had many events. Actually, um, most of my husband's family 
uh, got married in our front garden. Um, my husband and I got married in our front garden Did 30 you? years ago. Oh, yeah. And uh, so many family weddings. It's It's just been... It's such a unique property, and yeah. it's so beautiful, and it's set so back from the street, so it's very private. It is, and I have driven past it many times and wondered who lived there and what right. it must be like. Yes. Um, and I would love to see the backyard sometime. I, I'm just, just the back back side of the Come property. Come on by oh. anytime. <laughs> well, folks, for those of you that don't know, Oakton, right? Oakton is listed with Berkshire Hathaway. Um, and the agent is Kim Foley. So if you or anyone you know might be interested in a pro- – I'm definitely interested. I'm going to go and take Good. a look. <laughs> what do you think, Nick? We could just start broadcasting from there. There you go. I wouldn't have any trouble getting you to come there. My word, you could do a TV show from there, right? Yes. You really could. But you can contact – if you're interested in more information about Oakton, you can contact Kim Foley at Berkshire Hathaway. Probably the best way to do that would be by calling her. Uh, area code 404. 404- Four five three seven fifty two hundred. You can also take a look at this gorgeous property online at the Oakton website. Oaktonhouseandgardens.com is the website. I have poked around. It's a lovely website. And uh, and the pictures are beautiful, but I wonder if they can even do it justice. You, no, you, they don't. You know, they really don't. Yeah. You have to be there in person to see the to see all its glory because yeah. it really is a special and unique property. Right. And what do you envision for someone who might be interested in this this house? Um, how do you see it? Uh, someone using this house that that may be interested in purchasing it? Well, I. Ideally, we would love to find a family that would love it like we have, like the Goodman family has. Like I said, my uh, husband's grandfather bought it in 1938. We bought it from the estate when his parents died, and we've lived in it for 15 years, and we've loved it. And we've raised our children there, and all their friends have grown up coming over to the house. So it it would be a wonderful family um, place, but it would also... Uh, be wonderful for a community, you know, even as I had envisioned it as more like a farm-to-table kind of things where you could have visiting chefs. We've had many farm-to-table dinners that have been amazing. We've discovered our front yard is is full of chanterelle mushrooms, so Mm -hmm. we go mushroom picking, and all this right on your property, and it's just and we're only, we're less than a mile from the Marietta Square. Which is one of the we're, biggest selling features oh, of the I home, know. the proximity. It's Absolutely. not like you're way out in the, in the you know. In, in the boondocks. Yes, yeah. exactly. And we're also less than a mile from Kennesaw Mountain, which you can see from the backyard, yeah. from the house. Yeah. And there are over 29 miles of hiking trails. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people train for um, the Appalachian Trail on Kennesaw Mountain, with their 60-pound pack. So it's recreationally, it's just an amazing place to be. The hospital is less than a mile away, and Mm -hmm. the expressway is less than a mile away, and now we have the Brave Stadium that's very close. Yeah. So, it's just you're just it's a great location uh, for whatever you want to get to, and I can see why they call you the Queen of Oakton now. <laughs> you definitely, you definitely are. It may be time to pass the crown. That's right. Yes. Yes. Maybe time is. to pass the crown to the new queen. Absolutely. Someone coming in. Yes. Once again, <laughs> folks, if those of you are interested in looking and checking out the property, OaktonHouseAndGardens.com. Remember, you can also reach out to Kim Foley, who has listed this beautiful property. She's with Berkshire Hathaway. Her phone number is four zero four five three seven. 5200 and we'll be right back
and welcome back to the Southern Sisters show. Wow, it has been a great show today. Oh, it's been a blast. Right? It's just so much fun talking about food. I, I've always said I like talking about it almost as I like eating it, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we, we worked our way through pesto. And guys, listen, um, pesto is just the gift that keeps on giving. Basil is, I should say. Yes. And the different things you can do. We didn't get a lot of time to talk about it in the second segment, but I have um, really sort of integrated uh, the pesto, the fresh pesto that I talked about, into a couple of other recipes this week. Mm. Certainly stirred into pasta, which is amazing. I did that last week with some grilled shrimp. Mm-hmm. And then, can I tell you, um, I made the best, <laughs> at least my kids said it was the best, uh, panini. It was a grilled chicken panini with mozzarella cheese and fresh pesto. Mm. I'm on my way. Right? You'll Kim, have to make come, one of those Come on over to my we'll house, Kim. <laughs> Kim is back in the seat here with me. We're just kind of wrapping up our show today. I was so glad that you were able to be here with us today. And it was such a, a, a great time uh, chatting with your client, uh, Michelle from Oakton. Just amazing. Oh, yes. I, I'll tell you, they are just such fantastic sellers, and they have such yeah. a wealth of information about the history of the house. And what a wonderful property. Yeah. And what a great opportunity for someone to come along and continue the legacy of the yeah. of the grounds and of the home. Right. And it has so much to offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, gr- the gardens in the back, you really feel like you're in the south of France. That's amazing. And it there's so much history, but it, the house actually has a great floor plan. Right. That's so open and yeah. not and a lot what of times you would with expect. The, well, from a house from that era. Exactly. Built in, when was it? 18... 1838. 1838, yeah. Yes. They weren't really into the open floor plans typically at that time. No, but actually right? it is very open. Uh? And what's even more amazing about it is you've got a ri- the original hardwood floors, mm. and they are beautiful. Oh, wow. The wow. twelve by twelve windows, original throughout the house. Well, yeah, There's Michelle so was talking things. about the, uh, the the etching in the the initials in, etched yes, into the glass. In so the clearly, glass. those are yes. original. But yet, of course, there are some modern, great modern conveniences as right. well to the house. Right. We we Southern women do like our modern conveniences. Yes, also. we do. Like we don't want to, you know, it's air conditioned. Yeah, <laughs> we don't our want to sweat too much. and our air conditioning and yeah. our our nice big closets. We all right. want that. And that's yeah. another thing too. I will say, anyone who's grown up in the South has always kind of had that dream of having that picturesque house near the old downtown square with the beautiful landscaping and the beautiful old... I mean, I think we've all kind of wanted that, right, at some point in our lives? Oh, sure, and this house offers that and so much more. It even sits on the Cherokee Indian Trail. Oh, that is is cool. Yes, and they've got an outdoor fireplace, which was featured in Southern Living to commemorate yeah. the Cherokee Indians that's um, on the property, too. Oh, I love that. Okay, well, that, that is fantastic. Well, guys, you know you can reach out to Kim Foley. Um, you know, certainly you're with Berkshire Half Hathaway, who's listing the house. Um, what is your phone number again? Four oh, what was it? Four. <laughs> we had that earlier. I tell you what, I tell you what, guys. We listed it earlier, but you can also um, email us. You can always reach out to us at radio at southernsistershome.com. We will make sure to get you into the right uh, to the right person. This was great, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I had a blast today in the mm. pesto and mm, 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 mm. right. Well, at least I'm pretty sure that if you decide that Oakton is the home for you and your family. You won't have any tacky wedding issues. It ain't happening. Right? Not, <laughs> not there. No, no. Quite frankly, that place is so gorgeous and, and stately and, and classic. I can't imagine, you know. Oh, gosh, no. It, it's breathtaking. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And I've seen some of the wedding photos that 
from events that have been there. Right. Outstanding. Just just gorgeous. I can, I can kick off my shoes and dance on the front porch there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, we are so glad that you are a part of our show this week. Every week, it's always so great to hear from you, too. Please email us your thoughts and suggestions to radio at southernsistershome.com. Yes, we aired some reruns lately, right? We heard about that. I had to take a little vacation, but I'm back, and we're excited to spend the summer with you. Have a great week.